Disenfranchised podcast. We're that podcast all about those franchises of one, those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, and uh, joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tucker. Hey, Tucker. Hi, Stephen. How's it going? Uh, it goes, man. It goes. Um, Brett is not here. Um, he got uh, caught in something called smooze. And uh, I was not going to ask any questions, uh, but he assured us that the smooths could not be stopped. So the green kind or the purple kind? Uh, you know, I th- I'm not going to ask questions because um, you know the smooths returned in the modern My Little Pony, but they were it was green instead of purple. I did not Isn't that know wild. That. I have not I have engaged. nieces, man. I have nieces, so fair. I've not engaged. I know with the a little show bit of the lore outside of this movie. Uh, ever, I think so. You know what they have now? If you know how they updated the designs of the ponies, and now like thirty-five-year-old dudes want to fuck all the ponies. Yes. So, so to my make partner watched a worse, documentary about that, and I was just like, "Why do people exist?" So to cater to that fan base, they made a new version that like takes place in the My Little Pony multiverse. They've in fact crossed over, Good where Lord. the ponies stand upright and wear clothes. And they're all teenage girls, and they have boobs. I hate that. I hate that so yeah. much. Yeah. Well, you gotta know your audience, man. Um, How you doesn't make mean money? I have to like it. Uh, gross. Hold on. I'm good. I just have to puke real quick. I just realized what I said. Give me a second. <laughs> uh, everything is awful, and we are in the worst timeline. Better now. Sorry. Pre- appreciate Sorry. you muting yourself for that. Yeah. Um, yeah probably that maybe could have. Wow. Stayed yeah. stayed muted for a little while longer. I'm just <laughs> sorry I had to watch it. Good lord. I've never seen um, vomit fly that far though. Honestly, I mean, that was it, crazy. look, it was kind of impressive. I am oh. I'm lucky I have remastered my gag reflex. Otherwise, I'd, <laughs> there'd just be an echo on this side too. So you'd be chunk in the movie theater, like he's just exactly. making everybody puke. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just uh, just a. Uh, uh, well, no, because then my dog would just come over and eat it, and then he would probably oh. end up getting sick, and then I'd have oh. to clean that up. You know, that's the best part about having a dog is, like, if they barf or if the cat barfs, I don't have to worry about it, man. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, dog, eat your barf, and the dog's like, okay. That's <laughs> 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 great. <laughs> okay, I wish I could have this for every meal. <laughs> I might actually throw up. That's so disgusting. No, dude, um, don't do it, no. <laughs> <laughs> um... But we are continuing our 80s animation month. And uh, last week we talked about the callous cash grab that was Transformers the movie. This week we're talking about another callous cash grab. Tucker, what are we talking about? We're talking about 1986's My Little Pony. My Little Pony. Yep, that's the Um, 1986's My Little Pony, colon, the movie. Um, from De Laurentiis Entertainment. Um, basically, from literally every, everybody. I was going to say every, Transformers movie, and everybody that's going to do next week's movie too. Correct. All the same. Um, we should have just called it Dino De Laurentiis Marvel Animation Month. Sunbow Productions and Toei Animation. Yes, because yes. it, it's fucking all of those guys. Um, directed by Michael Johns or Jones, sorry, and uh, written by George Arthur Bloom. And starring Danny DeVito, Rhea Perlman, Madeline Kahn, Academy Award winner Cloris Leachman, Brain Gremlin himself, Tony Randall, as well as the voice talents of Charlie Adler, Rusi Taylor, 
Michael Bell, Nancy Cartwright, Peter Cullen, and the immortal Frank Welker. What a cast, Tucker. What a picture. It's something, man. You know what? It did not it offend me. It did not offend me philosophically like Transformers did. It did not cause me to have a very toxic existential meltdown like Transformers did. This film was bad. You, but it I was, was worried ignorable. you were gonna. I was worried you were gonna quit the podcast last week after you watched Transformers the movie. I was worried I was gonna quit the podcast last week after I watched that piece of garbage. That soulless, soulless. Like, I don't know that this is. I just have to make a noise for it. I don't know that this has much more of a soul, honestly. Um, It's more ignorable, and the fact that it's it's a comedy for children, mm -hmm. and the fact that it has a lot of just really so stupidly silly moments, makes it ignorable at best. This feels much more obviously for children. This movie feels mm -hmm. a lot more obviously for children than Transformers, the movie, which was very violent and um, very, wait, who the fuck is this for? Like, this is clearly rated G, whereas yeah. Transformers, they had to include the word shit just so that kids would bring their parents to go see it with them. Um, but yeah, like what? Mm, and but but again, it's the same thing. Like this movie exists to to sell toys just like transformers did the only difference between this and transformers is the transformers animated series existed prior to the movie this movie is what kicked off the my little pony tv show that lasted for about two years are it really i think so yeah based on you what i have read even? yeah based on what i've read i believe that is um, accurate i mean i totally believe you i just did not realize that because the, the you're right the opening episodes, uh, yeah, was succeeded by a television series anthology, which ran in, the, in, in late 1987. In fact, the first 10 episodes of that uh, of that show. It's a sequel to this, were right? Basically the a direct sequel. follow up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, it was already a popular toy, uh, My mm -hmm. Little Ponies. Um, so they just created some characters based on those or gave voices to the characters they'd already created. And then rolled out, you know, a couple of different new uh, playsets and and figure lines, basically. But see, like for me, this this one feels more like a companion to the toy line, whereas the Transformers mm -hmm. movie just sounded, just felt like a ninety minute shill fest. Well, it's I think I think the main difference, and I think what this movie does right that Transformers got very very wrong, is that they realize we don't need to scrap the toy line that we have. No. In order to roll out new toys. Yeah, we can add stuff. Like, we don't have to get rid of the old stuff. So, and that's exactly what they did. Like, the Flutter ponies, which are, mm -hmm. they're they're just like the Pegasus ponies, except they have fairy wings instead of the, the regular Pegasus wings, you see. Uh, and they also, those wings sparkle when they fly. Mm -hmm. um, those are created completely for this movie, as is the... Uh, the the new house that um, Tony Randall's character creates for them. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, like but see, that's I, not like distractingly as soon, obvious. As soon like, as that rolled out, it's like look what we're doing. As soon as they roll, as soon as that that new facade appeared, I looked at my partner. I was like, "There's the new playset." 
Yeah. And when they get to the when they get to the finally see the flutter ponies, like, look at all the flutter ponies. There's so many of them. And my partner goes, you can collect them all. Like, it's just like that felt very much like that's what this movie was. I think it was still just as obvious as Transformers. I just don't think it was as cynical as Transformers. And I think that's where the distinction lies. I agree. Because at the end of the day, we got to sell kids these sweet, sweet toys. At the end of the day. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> because Ronald Reagan deregulated marketing, and now we can market to children in ways that are legitimately disgusting. Yeah, pretty shady. Pretty shady. Um, Ronald Reagan, evil man. Very, very evil man. I'd say, I'd say... Most of the issues we're having today as a country and even as a planet, a lot of those started with Ronald Reagan just like deregulating everything. Correct. Because uh, here's the thing about privatization. Uh, it just makes more people greedy and yeah. makes the rest of us have to pay more shit. Yep. And if trickle down economics actually worked, uh, I bet money that we would not have had any of the recessions that we've had in the last 20 years so yeah what's that all about ronald reagan oh what's that you're dead lucky you Mm. what's that you just fucked up the entire country that you claimed to love and then uh died so you didn't have to live in it convenient basically ronald reagan is chris pratt in the thanos fight when he backwards jumps through the portal with his middle (laughs) finger up that's ronald reagan as he's dying that's right that's that's what i envisioned in my head (laughs) I'm totally tweeting that. that out. Ronald, Ronald Reagan's like, well, Nancy, I suppose it's time for me to fuck y'all. It goes right through the portal, you know? <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. But yeah, so I mean, because of, and that's why we're covering the first three movies that we're covering this month. The, the fourth movie we're covering at the end of the month, mercifully not based on a toy line. That was a bit of boomer nostalgia, the, the the fourth movie that we're covering at the end of the month. So, Although well, they definitely no, sold some merchandising based on that. Every generation, every, mm. every generation that show comes back. Right, because, because there was a version every, of it like in the 60s too. Every 20 to 30 years. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And our guests and really for that. I dug the 80s one. So I'm, kind of, I'm actually excited about that one because I used to love that fucking show. Yeah, and uh, the guests that we have coming on for that one uh, have actually already covered that movie on their own podcast. Um, nice. And like when I told uh, the 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 one on that podcast that I talk to fairly regularly, my my good friend on that podcast, uh, she said you have to have us on for that one. Um, damn it! And so I was like, okay, I guess I, I guess I have to. You gotta do what you gotta do. So uh, I'm looking forward to their thoughts on uh, that episode. Um, and if you're a patron over at dis- uh, patreon.com slash disenfranch pod, you already know what that's going to be. And uh, they are very excited to come on and talk they about made that. Four of those? Four of what? Oh, the new the, ones? The, yeah. The modern movies. I didn't. Yes. I thought they'd only made like two or three. Golly, nope. they made four of them. They made four. Yeah. I hope Jason Lee got paid well for those because he deserves it. I'm sure he did. And gee, go I wonder Jason what Lee. we could be talking about. Yeah. Go go, Scientologist Jason Lee. Is he Scientologist? Yeah. You know, he's also a skateboarder. I know. He was a skateboarder he's before also, he was an actor. He's also a really funny guy. Have you met him? Is that one of the celebrities that you've met? No. No, I want to, though, you know, a lot of famous people. 
I I have met a lot of famous people. I know a few famous people. And you should get all of them on this podcast at some point. Um, that's not why you, that's not why you have friends, Stephen, to exploit them. That's not what friendship is about. Is it? Is it not? Have I been doing this it's wrong? Not. You've been doing it wrong, apparently. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> Oh no! I've been, I, I'm 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 checking my notes here. I, I'm reading here that friendship is magic. Actually, yes, actually, um, yeah. So that's, that's the truth. Is is it anything like Not the unicorn? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think exploitation can be pretty magical if done correctly. Um, oh yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. I just no look. I just love talking to my friends, and I love having them on this podcast so I can talk to them about these silly movies like that's one of the things like i don't even care if they have anything to plug like i'm just like come on i don't you, you don't have anything i don't care just come on talk to us about shit it's it's fun we'll have a good time so yeah i try to get my friends on here but i don't think steven likes any of my friends because he never schedules them because you haven't haven't bugged you incessantly about it sorry my bad for not being <laughs> annoying like <laughs> i mean that is your mo I, you know, sometimes I can control myself in the strangest okay. of contexts. <laughs> you you got you to gotta pick and choose your battles, I guess. Yep. And I'm usually really bad at that. Well, at any rate, uh, we are talking about the 1986 My Little Pony, colon, uh, the movie. And, uh, uh, and Tucker is signaling to me that it is time to start. The plot. We need to talk about the plot of this movie. This is probably the earliest we've gotten to the plot in a while. Um, yeah. We usually just kind of languish in just chit chat before we get to the plot, but we're just busting right in. Not even 15 minutes into the episode, we're doing the plot. I, love I it. know. Plot in like 60 seconds. Time. This is the part of the show where we discuss the plot of the movie in question. I mean, this movie is so scant. It's like. What we could we do the plot in 10 seconds on oh. this one if we wanted to. Um, if it falls to me, I will make sure that I do the plot correctly. But um, I will, too. What are you trying to say? No, I'm just straight saying up, I won't. You strip defaming me on in on a public airspace and stuff? Strip sue you, Steven. No you more than usual, man. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, that's fine. <laughs> Carry on. Plot in 60 seconds. It's the part of the show where we, at the behest of... The uh, Canadian quarter of indifference. indifference. Yeah. Um, we uh, we are going to flip the Canadian quarter of indifference and uh, it will decide which of us will recount the plot in 60 seconds or less. Um, Tucker, go ahead and give that a little flippity flip. Just as a reminder, the queen is heads, dumb moose is tails. Eh? Dumb moose. Are you ready? Dumb moose. Yep. Flipper. Call it in the air, Stephen. Here we go. Shall do. Let's do Tails. It is Tails. Oh, that means I have to do it. Yeah. I was going to say, why are, you, <laughs> why are you acting so victorious, man? Oh, no, man. Oh, no. Uh, I almost oh, said heads, oh. and then I was kind of glad I didn't, because that worked out well for me. All right. I am putting 60 seconds on the clock right now. I will give you the 30 and 10 second warnings, as I always do. The time will start when you begin your plot description, sir. Okay. So, Lickety Splits, I guess she's a baby. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but she wants to do a fancy twist in the talent show, but it's not part of the, the choreography. And she does it, and everybody gets like, way shitty with her like shittier than i would ever imagine they would get like i'd be mad but it's a fucking baby dude you can't get mad at a baby 
And so Lickety Splits gets with that little dragon guy. Uh, and she's like, I'm sheriff running away. And they sing a song about it. And it's actually, it's kind of, kind of a bop, but Three seconds. <laughs> so they roll out and they run, they run away and all the ponies are trying to find them, but also, um, uh, Cloris Leachman and her daughters, but she doesn't like to, to recognize them as their daughters. One looks like a redheaded sweet D Reynolds and the other one, uh, just kind of looks like Rhea Perlman, honestly, 10 seconds. like a chubbier Rhea Perlman. And so they release this Uzi stuff, and it's constantly following them around. And they meet the Grundles, and, and they that build is a new time. castle. And the 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 fairy ponies beat the Sludge somehow. And Lickety Splits comes back, and everybody's like, "We're sorry." And Lickety Splits is like, "I'm an idiot. Sorry. I'm a fucking baby. I don't know what you expected." The end. Yeah, the uh, lickety split being the um, <laughs> being like so like defamed because she like wore a rainbow costume and tried to do a twirl uh, in the in the talent Itch. show routine. <laughs> How dare she kill her? Everyone Anger. like shames her and then and then she runs away and they're like, oh, no, maybe we were too harsh on her. Whoa. You think? What happened? Like, you know, what's really disappointing is that is the only time in the movie we get to see ponies in leg warmers. Because that used to be a really big thing in the show. Mm -hmm. My sister was really into the show. The ponies okay. always wore leg warmers, and it was it's really rad. Yeah, that that is in fact the only time we see that. Um, God, what this 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 movie? It's like this movie. So, Tucker, did you? We covered it on this podcast, but did you ever see mm -hmm. Tom and Jerry the movie from the early nineties? No, I have never seen a Tom and Jerry movie because I've never found Tom and Jerry to be entertaining, even as a child. I thought it was really boring and stupid and repetitive. Fair enough. This movie reminds me, it follows the very a very similar format to what Tom and Jerry the movie would eventually come to follow. Like all the, there, there are songs in it, but they don't feel, they feel very slight. In fact, I would say the songs in this movie barely register as songs for me. Like I, and maybe it's just cause I'm spoiled by Disney musicals, but like I'm watching this movie and just going like, why, why are we, what are we doing? Like, what is this? Like, it just, it just feels very wispish. Half the people can't even sing. Like, I'm just like, what are we, what are we even doing here guys? Like what, what are we doing? Um, like I couldn't even tell that Cloris Leachman was singing until halfway through the song when I realized that everything she was saying rhymed and I was like, wait, yes. is this supposed to be a song? Well, that's kind of what I appreciated about some of them is they were really non songs. Right. Like, um, you'd have, you'd have a chorus where mm -hmm. you would sing, but sometimes in the verses they'd stop and have some dialogue uh, and it would rhyme and it was, it was bad, but. It was kind of interesting, honestly. Like I was like, "This is weird and bad," but also I don't. I've never really never seen this before, so like it's I'm a choice. into it. Yeah, they're making a choice. They're they're definitely choosing something good or bad. Most of the time, I'm into stuff that I've never seen before in my life. Sure. Like, and that's something I've never experienced that before. So for this time, like if I watched it again, I'd probably be like, "Yeah, that sucks." But for this one time when it was brand new, I was like, "This is something," and that's and it's I, something I've never experienced. So I'm that's into the. That's the kind of thing that was in Tom and Jerry, the movie, except in Tom and Jerry, the movie, the songs feel the songs actually feel like part of the framework as opposed to just and we're going to sing now for some reason. Like, 
uh, after after the girl, the human girl Meg, because there's humans in this movie for some reason. Oh God, I love her jumpsuit. By the way, I want to jump her just like that. She exists in this movie to like almost fall off of things so that the 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 main Pegasus pony can save her. Like that is the reason she exists in this. She falls down twice and has yeah. to get rescued by Wind Whistler. Was that her name? Well, at least they don't put her in a mech like they put the kids in in the Transformers movie. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think getting this mech pony. Okay, so something I read, and I don't know how true this is, but I read that because Hasbro owns the rights to Transformers, My Little Pony, and GI Joe, that they had written a scene into this movie. You read this too? Where the GI Joe guy just is like, "I gotta stop! I gotta stop smoking this shit." So they they they're supposed one of them was supposed to ask Optimus Prime and Shipwreck from GI <laughs> from Optimus Prime from Transformers and Shipwreck from GI Joe for help. And Shipwreck is quote unquote outside a bar drinking a quote amber liquid and after the like he just kind of like takes off his hat and holds his holds onto his chest and so the pony flies away and then he like looks at the bottle and like throws it over his shoulder. Like that that great gag that like shows up where the drunk sees something incredible and just like chucks the bottle like I gotta quit drinking. That yes. was a joke in, that was apparently written for this movie. Hasbro executives loved it, but ultimately decided it was completely out of place. And they are correct. According to creative consultant Buds Dixon. What first of he, all, he can would, we all just take a second and appreciate the that's name? That's a great name. That's a Buzz great name. Dixon. <laughs> He says, then Shipwreck would smash the bottle, take his cap off his head, put his left hand over his heart, and raise his right hand in an oath to quit drinking. <laughs> I want to see it so bad. I wish they would have animated it, put in some deleted scenes. I kind of wish. Up. I kind of wish that had happened as well. That that sounds <laughs> fucking incredible. It yes. didn't actually end up happening, which is a, a fucking travesty. That's too bad. Way too I, bad. I kind of love the idea and we wouldn't see anything like that until cartoon all-stars to the rescue in the in the mid 90s uh and even then the only way to get all those characters together was to stop uh george c scott from convincing a kid to do drugs so yeah go figure um god george c scott george c scott kind of went off the rails there toward the end of his career and you know in those days there wasn't a lot to do for older actors you either did horror or you did animation like I mean, and and look, George C. Scott did both. He was in uh, Exorcist Three, mm-hmm. um, and he and then he did a lot of remakes. Like he was in the remake of Inherit the Wind. He was in the William Friedkin directed remake of Twelve Angry Men. Um, yes, he was. Like which I I fucking need to own. Like that needs to come out on 4K. Like that's good. That, it it's is. Good it's as really good. Yeah. It's so good. And. Look, I, I'm I'm a William Friedkin apologist, even though not all of Me his too. movies are good. But I, oh, yeah, I'm dude, with you. I love I love Billy F. Man, I just when he hits, he hits, and exactly. that's what's important. His good movies are better than most people's good movies, and his bad movies are. And look, he'll be the first one to admit that was a piece of shit. I'll tell you, his bad movies are at least interesting. They are. Like, I feel like I kind of I don't know if we could cover it, but I kind of want to cover The Guardian on this podcast. Well, I haven't seen that one. It's bad. It's we aggressively bad. Ooh, I can't but wait. Um, dude, you know what? That would be a good one for your Patreon show. Patreon.com slash disenfranchpod. 
Hmm. Well, then I'll have to watch it and determine if uh, it needs to be up there. Because it's definitely one of those movies that like most people don't remember. Another movie that's aggressively bad, but he directed, uh, it's the Michael Bean film classic. Rampage. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not the one about the video game, the other one. Yeah, which uh, yeah. which does not exist on any physical media like outside of VHS. Uh, I had to do some we work have a VCR. to track that one down when I was uh, doing my William Friedkin watch through a few years ago, so wild um but yeah billy friedkin man what a what a filmmaker um but uh no george c but yeah george c scott was doing all sorts of shit back then man like i and look i loves me some george c scott Patton, hell yes sign me mm-hmm. up hardcore god that's my daughter um yes but no he right before he did the exorcist 3 he was the voice of smoke in cartoon all-stars to the rescue which features such diverse talents as Daffy Duck, Slimer, Alf, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Muppet Babies, the DuckTales, Winnie the Pooh, and the Smurfs, to name yo, just a few. Yo, how much of a bop is that Muppet Babies theme song? Uh, it is a fucking like, bop. I'm, I'm about to stop this podcast and put that on full blast on my PA right now. Like, So uh, my partner and I do a blog on the side. We've, we've started doing a blog recently. And our, our, our blog post from this past week was on uh, things we learned about from animation, like real things that we didn't have a reference for until we saw them referenced on cartoons. I did not know what Indiana Jones was when I first saw the Muppet Babies theme song or Kermit, baby Kermit is swinging in He's, on yeah. in, in front of the boulder. Yeah. So I wrote about that and I actually like put up the Muppet Babies theme song. My partner did not watch a lot of cartoons as a child, so she had never seen that before. And she was just like, like she had no idea what to do with that. Like she was just like, I don't know what this is, what even is. And she's not a Muppets fan. So it was kind of like I had to kind of walk her through it. But no, I mean, but yeah, I, man, Muppet Babies were my jam in the day. Best cartoon theme ever. It's, it's really, it's up there, man. It's, Uh it's at least so good i don't know i don't know why they didn't put janice in the muppet babies and and added skeeter instead that's that's the thing i don't know got skeeter and scooter well i know scooter but you had another you had another female muppet that you could have just inserted in there janice but no no i like i like having a, a brother sister pair i think that worked well for the dynamic of the playroom touche i mean and then you had animal there you already had a member of the band there animal was there fair and then you have um what is the um phil and lil from the rugrats are basically scooter and skeeter yeah, um just absolutely. all over again yeah yeah so. rugrats uh, a lot of people will tell you you're an idiot for saying this but i think rugrats has owes a lot to muppet babies a whole oh, lot absolutely lot. absolutely tommy is baby kermit and mm-hmm. chucky is baby fuzzy like waka and, waka waka angelica is baby piggy like it's like they just they they sand off some of the rough edges and make them a little harsher but like or i guess they they like in, like create some rougher edges but yeah mm-hmm. whereas muppet baby was very sanitized for children um rugrats was a little a little sharper because you know it was made for kids and tweens so yeah it's the perfect perfect you perfect cast of muppets though you got gonzo in there you got rolf like got all your all your mainstays and and you give Scooter a sister and it's perfect. It's kind of a perfect show. 
I'll bet that one holds up. I just bet. I hope that one holds up. I really hope it does. Uh, if you've watched the, the the original Muppet Babies, not the not the remake, but the original Muppet Babies recently, uh, let us know if it holds up. Disenfranchpod at gmail.com. But that is not, my friends, why we've come to talk to you today. We're here to talk to you about My Little Pony, colon, the movie from 1986. We were talking about something related to that. And George we got C. Scott. George C. Scott. Cartoon All-Stars to the rescue. Yeah, that's um, how we got to Muppet Babies. Optimus Prime and and shipwreck i just we just reverse engineered that entire conversation um that's how we do but instead you just get like all the various ponies like you get the the og ponies you get the pegasus ponies the unicorn ponies which are apparently magic but only insofar as the plot allows them to be magic like that was something that i didn't quite understand is like the magic kind of functions as a deus ex machina in two scenes and then never gets brought up again for the rest of the movie before or after. Like, well, I'm just this like, is, this did we is, try to use the unicorn magic against the smooths? Like, this is a pretty big example of this, but this happens in any movie where a character has any kind of powers. Most of the time they'll have a power that could have ended the whole thing with the movie lasting like five seconds. But because the movie needs to happen... They either don't think to do that, or maybe they don't have a chance to do that, or everybody forgets they can do that until it's convenient. Or just we don't mention it, which is what this movie does. We don't talk about magic. We don't talk about magic. Just like Bruno, we don't talk about magic. Just like Fight Club, (laughs) we don't talk about magic. Jokes on you, that whole movie, all they do is talk about Bruno, by the way. Dude. (laughs) You are breaking breaking the number one rule of Encanto right now. That's straight up. The whole movie is about. Uh, never mind. I've said my piece before on this show about that. I will not repeat myself. That song is a fucking. What a bop, worthless though. song! It is a bop, but it's a worthless song. <coughs> anyway, my little pony. My little pony. Yeah, MLP. MLP. Uh, MLP, yeah, you know me. Um, yes, yes. So I'm the down with MLP, <laughs> hell yeah. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? The um, old non-fuckable ones, like those are the ones oh I'm down God. with. <laughs> yeah, my partner watched a, a documentary on on uh, like some of the the weirder of the bronies that are all into fucking the the, the ponies and that like believe themselves to be married or in some kind of sexual relationship with the pony. Yeah, those pillows aren't supposed to have holes there, Stephen. Oh, no, thank you. Um, uh, she was telling me about this documentary and I, it was like, thank you. I don't want to, I love watching documentaries about terrible people. Going to skip this one. Thanks. Um, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, if you want to know what documentaries about terrible people I like to watch, uh, check out the What Are We Watching show on our Patreon, patreon.com slash disenfranchpod. Tucker yeah. nodding emphatically. Um, Let's talk about this cast, Stephen. Dude, this cast is kind of insane. You've got husband and wife pair Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. Which you love to see them together. I always you, do. Whenever they're in something do. together, I'm down. And he he is he's first of all, he's an incredible director. Danny DeVito. Can I just talk about how underrated a director Danny DeVito is for a yes, second? Yes, please, because I agree with you. Like I 
I don't think I, I've not seen his last film, The Duplex, but I don't think and I've not seen Gotti, but I have of the films like I think the four films of his that I've watched, I don't I've liked them all. And I love absolutely adore unabashedly unashamedly adore death to smoochie death to smoochie yeah death to smoochie is that's his best so good i death agree to smoochie is good hoffa is good matilda is good amazing no, stories hoffa. is good i said i said Gotti. hoffa is what i meant yeah um yeah but i love i've never seen duplex matilda's great um i love war of the roses also war of the roses oh, yes, is absolutely mwah. Chef's Kiss, just an insanely good film. Throw Mama from the Train, a really great updated remake of um, Strangers on a Train. It's something, uh, and it's fun. I don't know if I'd say it's good, but it's something, and it's fun. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like I it, like, too. <laughs> at least it doesn't have Sylvester Stallone in it. Um, which, oh, like, I that like was, Sylvester Stallone. Do you like Sylvester Stallone in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot? Because it feels like that's what that I movie I don't, be. but I really, really wanted to when I saw it. I wanted to so bad. I was rooting for him for that 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 small period of time where they were trying to put him in a bunch of comedies. He I was trying really to do the Arnold thing because I love Sylvester Stallone. Like as a person, I think that he is a great man. I think he's a wonderful writer. I think he's an amazing actor. I think he's a pretty damn good director. His politics uh, kind of suck, but yeah, 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 yeah. But as an artist, I'm way into Sly Stallone. Like not everything he does because sure. we don't really see eye to eye on like what's great and what he should be in. <laughs> like what you but, didn't like last blood. Uh, no, no. I liked first blood and I liked Rambo. Okay. So the first and the fourth of the series, two, three, okay. and five, not a fan. That's another franchise where the naming convention is kind of fucked. Well, and that's, it's not really their fault because they called it first blood Mm-hmm. And then because everybody was just calling First Blood Rambo, they called it Rambo First Blood 2. First and of all, everybody they should have called, called it Rambo. Second Blood is what they right, should have called it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then by the time they got to 3, they were just like, fuck it, it's Rambo 3, whatever. We don't care. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Right. They're going to call it Rambo anyway. It doesn't matter. Well, who the fuck cares? And the, yeah, and then they do <laughs> Rambo, which I thought was John Rambo, but isn't just in fact Rambo. It is. It was gonna originally. It was gonna be called John Rambo because he did it at the same time he did Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa, and right. they're both excellent returns to form for each series. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like really brought, which is why I couldn't believe Last Blood was so bad, so bad. Because I was so excited after uh, Rambo because mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. Really kind of it kind of took the over the top action of two and three and mixed it with like the the drama and the emotion of the original film. So it was kind of the right. best of both worlds and it was really, really good. And then the last one, I don't, I don't know if like somebody, if there was a gas leak or something, but it's just, <laughs> it's inexplicably bad. Like, no, real, I real, think real, 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 real bad. that's where the politics start to get infused with it. And it, it's gross at that point. Like it becomes really, really fucking gross. Um, which is weird because the politics from the first movie to the last movie pretty much change completely. Yeah, they flip flop entirely. Like, but um, over the course of that franchise, you see the politics go from one extreme to the other, and it's pretty wild. Yep. Um, something recently, and we can stop talking about Stallone after I tell you this. Uh, he did a movie on Prime recently in the last couple of years called Samaritan mm-hmm. that I really, really enjoyed. Um, where he plays this hermit dude 
who befriends this uh this kid who thinks that he's the superhero that's been like missing for years and it's really good because it's a very it's a very brooding role which he's really really good at especially now he's really sure. good at that he doesn't have a lot of dialogue and when which he is does great. speak well i don't know i think he has the most dialogue i've ever seen him speak in a movie is one of my favorite stallone movies which is fist I will admit that I have to turn the closed captioning on when he starts getting excited during his speeches because he starts talking fast and loud and, ah, uh, uh, and it's not his fault. It's not his fault. I'm not saying like, fuck him. He's stupid. I'm just saying, you know, he's hard to understand because he has that. He was born with that nerve damage shit, right? The nerve damage. Right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway, Stallone's the shit. He's also been opponent. punched a lot. Um, That's true. You remember that on movie where, camera. Where you get, uh, where you get Rocky and uh, and Raging Bull squaring off against each other, grudge match. Remember that one? I own that, but I have not watched it. Neither have I. But uh, just what a what a weird premise for a movie. I've heard it's real fucking good, though. That's what I've heard too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they if they look if they he was trying to make that into a franchise, we could cover it. You'll have to watch it and let us know. I will. It's on my voodoo. If you also want to check it out, I might. Who knows? I'm not doing anything after this recording. I, c- I could I could maybe be persuaded. Or I might watch the Tonys. I don't know. Get off my back no, about it. I or I might watch. That, I might watch more Venture Brothers. Man, I'm just gonna do what I do. Shit, you might. Mm-hmm. Did I feel like I put something new on my Voodoo? This oh, it's the the Cornetto trilogy had a code with it. So I did have World's End before, but now I have all of them in 4K. Nice. Like I think World's End was just. HD like 1080p. I was gonna say yeah, I've got I've got World's End on Blu-ray, it. and then I've got Hot Fuzz and uh, Shaun of the Dead on DVD. So I have, I have both those on DVD too. I have I have all of these movies, but yes. I they, uh, the three pack 4K you can't beat that. It was like twenty five bucks. That's amazing. Yeah, and you get a, a 4K and a Blu-ray for each. So like if I want to give the Blu-rays to my friend who doesn't have 4K capabilities, I just be like, here you go. Here's three brand new movies on Blu-ray. Like, mm-hmm. enjoy that. Like, yeah, three absolutely. Stone Cold classics for free. Man, Edgar Wright, what a what a director. Yeah, dude. My, yeah, little, my little pony. pony. My little pony. Um, but no, Danny DeVito, f- fucking great director, but also really solid actor. Uh, the first mm-hmm. time he ever did a voiceover on film. Uh, and of course, you know, he would go on to do Swack Hammer in the um, the criminally overrated Space Jam. Um, he would. Uh, he was great in that, though. And I thought he, that he his, his character, his character, the character design of his character matched his voice very, very well. It was a very Agreed. good casting decision. I don't know if they like based it on him or if they had the design before that. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, doesn't matter. Perfect casting. He's the crime fighting cat in um, Last Action Hero. Lest we forget, and of course he's the satyr in Disney's Hercules. Oh yeah, yeah, he's the little guy with the beard and the the pitchforky thing, right, or something. He had lightning or a pitchfork. I don't know. I no, saw Hercules once when it came out, and like he's, he's I'm way dude. into uh, James Spader. But other than that, not James Spader. Um, James Woods. Uh, yes, thank you. Another person whose politics fucking suck out loud. Oh, and I hate it so much because ooh, he's, he's such a good so actor. Good. He's the such Virgin a good Suicides, actor, man. I've never seen anybody act that good. Fucking Virgin Suicide, man. Holy shit. That dude is on fire. In he's good. Every movie I've seen him in. 
He is James so Woods, good. Turn man. your shit around, James Wood. We want to love you. Fix we your heart you so or badly. Die, James Wood. Yeah, you might as well because, like, come on, man. Come on, old rich white dude. Pull the stick out of your butt. Let's do this. Come on. You can Quality tell. You can tell we do not want to talk about this movie. <laughs> I don't know. I like. I thought it was fun. Like I said, it was ignorable at best. I mean, we've, and that's just it. Like it. I think it overcorrects from Transformers and that it is so inoffensive that it like leaves your mind as soon as you watch it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I did appreciate about it, not only that they that they did based Madeline Kahn's character on Sweet D Reynolds like 15 years before that show even came out. Um, My partner's a huge Always Sunny fan. I'm going to have to let her know you said that because that's really fucking funny. Like you see, as soon as I saw that character, I was like, what's this fucking bird doing here? But and Danny DeVito's in it, so it makes sense. Like, right. <laughs> some right. Way, like, uh, but what I really appreciated was the Foley, uh, Foley mm. effects in this, because where I, what I tried to do with Transformers before it completely destroyed my soul and my will to live was I tried to, uh, you know, have some nostalgia about the sound effects because I watched cartoons in the 80s. And they all had the same sound effects. Correct. They all pulled from the same library. And this one. Because they were all made by the same people. Yes. This one pulls from the Silly Show library of the. the When they run and when they bounce down the stairs and it's like doink, 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 doink. Like I'm way into all of that. All the sound effects in this movie, all the Foley shit in this are nostalgic gold for your boy. Love it. Love all of it. Anytime like a villain gets fucked up and there's sound effects involved, I'm just in heaven. Cloud MF and nine. Goom, 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 goom. Yeah, I I I yeah. I look, this movie is goofy as shit. It is, it's real silly. I was also getting real Care Bears of the movie vibes off of this. Which See, we, that's what I was gonna mention. Is like, why didn't we cover the Care Bears, man? Because got a like, fucking sequel is why we're not covering the Care oh, Bears. Shit. See, the Care Bears are like the the Prometheus of a lot of different shows Agreed. of that time. Because like Care Bears, um, I think you wouldn't have My Little Pony without Care Bears. I'm not sure which one came out first, but in in my canon, my head canon, you wouldn't have My Little Pony. You wouldn't have motherfucking Shirt Tails. Represent mm-hmm. shirt tails, okay? I, I remember shirt tails, dude. You would not have shirt tails without Care Bears. There's so many. Like, Care Bears, like, invented the, we have one thing, we're just going to mm-hmm. make them all a different color and have a little different design on them somewhere. Right. Which was a whole ass thing in the 80s. It was like every cartoon was that. Because it's yeah. just like video games, a palette swap is easy. When you exactly. only have to design one character and you just make it a whole bunch of different colors, have a little different design on each one. The Korean animation studio is not going to complain. Right. So my little pony precedes care bears by two years. My little pony, the toys show up in 81 care bears comes out by American greetings in 83. Oh, I didn't know they were from American greetings. That's crazy. Yeah. The, the care bears were created for greeting cards. Uh, but no, that's kind of that's kind of rad. The same year that this movie and the um, Transformers movie came out, uh, we were getting a sequel to the Care Bears movie, Care Bears movie Two: a new generation. The original one came out in 85. So that's why we're not doing the Care Bears movie, because that one legit got a sequel. 
I think and that's the also, only one of these kind of movies that actually did well. Cause we actually had to cut rainbow bright and the star stealer because of, because Ray Stevenson passed away and we wanted to honor him at the beginning of the month. But that that's another one that we absolutely could have covered that fits this mold. But I think the only one of these that did legitimately did well was the Care Bears movie. Can I tell you why the Care Bears movie did well? Please. Because it was a good movie. I remember the Care Bears movie. I it remember it was good when I was a movie. child. My parents did not mind it. My sister loved it. I have watched it within the last five years. And it's still entertaining mm-hmm. at the very least. Like as an adult, I don't mind it. It's I don't mind it at all. And not be, it's not in the way that I don't mind this movie. This movie sucks and it's stupid, but I don't mind it because it's it's whatever. It's just stupid little trifle of a film. And there's silly stuff and it's fun. I get it's for kids. But Care Bears, like I don't mind it because it's geared towards kids. But it's right. still it's really good. Like they don't fuck around in that movie at all. No, like, it's not like, like we're, we're we're this is for kids so we can just like do whatever because they're too dumb to realize what they're watching anyway. No, they make an actual movie. Yeah. And it's pretty damn good. And it's it's not it, they're actually interested in telling a story versus what I think last week's movie, this week's movie and next week's movie are all doing, which is trying to sell toys. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the, you were talking about the palette swap earlier and how easy it is. It It is easy. But if you're someone like me who's trying to tell these characters apart and like infuse them with any sense of a personality, it's damn near impossible. But I think that's something the Care Bears movie actually does well Agreed. is those characters have clearly delineated personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, All these so, ponies are the same, by the way. Exactly. Literally everyone is the same. <laughs> like my partner at one point turned to me and goes, are th- is it the same voice actor doing all of the ponies? And I looked it up and I was like, in fact, no. Like you would think so. It's only, only Nancy Cartwright sticks out to me. Cause every once in a while he'll hear a little bit of Bart Simpson in there. And I'm like, a hundred percent. I did Wait the same thing. A minute. In you fact, we're cool watching Jets, man. Let's... Don't have a cow. <laughs> right. We're, we're, I'm sitting there watching. I was like, right there. Cause you know this, but I don't know if, if our listening, my partner's a big fan of the Simpsons. So I was like that right there. That's Nancy Cartwright. And she's like, really? I was like, yeah, that is Nancy. A hundred percent. How do you not hear that? Like world's you biggest can... Simpsons fan. Open your ears, girl. Come on. Now. Hey, be nice. Uh, 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 me. <laughs> yeah. I'm supposed to be nice. Okay. Yes. You be open nice. Your ears, girl. Is that better? Sweetheart. Open your ears. No, don't be patronizing. Um, oh. Is there a middle ground? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I tease. Everyone's great, and I love everyone. Um, but but no, like, and uh, also from The Simpsons, Rusty Taylor, the late great Rusty mm-hmm. Taylor, um, is like voices a few of these as well. Like, I was impressed. Like, Peter Cullen does a couple of voices for the yes. Optimus Prime yes, himself, he does. Megatron, and Soundwave himself, Frank Welker. AKA Freddie Jones from Scooby-Doo, like the man who voiced your childhood, Frank Welker does a couple of voices in this movie as well. Um, there are these little fuzzy creatures called, let me get this right. The Grundles. The Grundles. No, 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 those aren't, the Grundles aren't fuzzy. The Grundles are slimy. Oh, oh I know what you're talking about. What are those guys called? I forgot They're, about those guys. Um, they are Bushwoolies. Bushwoolies. Which, what a fucking name. Um, but yeah, Bushwoolies. And so there are all these creatures called Bushwoolies that are just like around. Um, what did you think of Tony Randall as the Mr. Moochick? The little wizard guy. I thought I thought it was fine. 
It didn't it didn't stick out to me as good or bad. It was just like, fine. When I when I think of Tony Randall voice work, my thoughts immediately go to Brain Gremlin and Gremlins to the new batch uh-huh. because oh, I yeah, am yeah, yeah, yeah. I am me. Most oh, people and, think Tony Randall, the they think couple. Felix Unger from the, the Odd Couple, yeah, right? Say, me. Yeah, Odd Couple is where I go. Because I am because I am severely damaged and broken, uh, I go to <laughs> Gremlins to the new batch because that's who I am as a person. Well, uh, that would be my second thing that I would think of. Right. Uh, and then for people that are deeply, deeply broken, they go to My Little Pony, the movie from 1986. My Little Pony. My little pony. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, I... That character feels like a deus ex machina that doesn't do a damn thing. Doesn't do anything. He's just kind of there to to be Tony Randall. That's it. He just he's he's like he's like the goofy character that you think kids are really going to love. But there's nothing to him like at it's all. It's like Tony. Tony Randall was standing outside of of the studio that was doing the voiceover work for this. We don't know why he was standing there smoking a cigarette and somebody came out and I was like, holy shit, that's Tony Randall. And he's like. He's like, yes, I'm Tony Randall. And and they're like, hey, that's you want to do a Tony thing Randall, real quick? Dude. And he's like, well, yes. And then that's that's what then that's how this happened. I'm assuming that's how this happened. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna side, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tangent here real quick. Um, are you familiar with the Tom Hanks SNL character, Mr. Short Term Memory? What it's, era? It's, it, it's like 80s, 80s era. Um, it sounds I feel like it's something that I've seen, but that has not stuck with me because that definitely sounds familiar. He plays you a character. I am a, a, a uh, someone who is very into that show of all, right. all, all eras of that show. I'm going to have to send you a modern. link to this on YouTube. But um, yes, please there's, do. Because there's one where he's on like a game show and it's like the the thousand ten thousand dollar pyramid. And he's mm-hmm. paired with Tony Randall and. And Tony Randall's actually on the episode appears as himself and he's incapable of developing new memories. So he turns around and every time with just the full like pathos of Tom, like all the pathos that Tom Hanks can muster. Hey, you're Tony Randall. Oh my God. It's Tony <laughs> Randall. Like, so when you said, Holy shit, it's Tony Randall. That's immediately where my brain went. And I, I just started to chuckle. Cause wowzers. Yeah. But I mean, it feels, yeah, it feels like this feels like a favor for the producer, kind of a role for Tony Randall, honestly. <laughs> you're uh, he's, you're saying he was, uh, he was like Leonard. Yeah. Leonard from Memento. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. The Mr. Short Term Memory. Yeah. I don't know if Except I've explained this to Have I explained this comedy. to you before? I can't make new memories. Sammy Jenkins. Yeah. 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 We <laughs> yes, Let's Sammy move on. Jankus. Remember Sammy Jenkins. Yes. Remember Sammy Jenkins. But that's the thing. Like, we don't, at don't no trust point, Teddy. like, Mr. Short Term Memory is the comedic version of Memento. Like, if, if oh, Memento no. <laughs> was not like a noir vengeance story and was just played for the comedy of the Yo. situation, that's what that is. That is probably the best sophomore film of any director ever. It's really just the good. way it's put together. I used to have a DVD where if you put in a secret code, you could watch the movie in chronological order. Mm-hmm. And it's not good in chronological. No, I was going to say I don't know why you'd want to do that. I owned it's that good one. All backwards. The best. I, the best. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I owned that one, but I loaned it to somebody and I never got it back, so I will never see it again. The best and unlike the other movie I loaned to that person, I didn't rebuy it. The the best transition in that movie is okay, I'm chasing this guy. Oh, he's chasing me. 
that's my favorite when he does it he's running and he's like oh i gotta get this guy away oh shit no he's chasing me i gotta get away (laughs) like the the scenes where he does like those are always a lot of fun okay so what that movie is constantly pulling the rug out from under you like that and it works you're on a you're just chasing the rug the entire movie you're chasing the rug it's being pulled out from under you it works perfect every perfect film every i agree not even my favorite nolan but a perfect no but yeah a perfect film for sure yeah uh what's your favorite nolan just out of curiosity oh gosh it would probably be a tie between that and following I thought following, wow. I think that's probably one of his best because it's so like it's a movie about voyeurism, but you mm-hmm. feel like you're the voyeur, honestly. Mm. It's so it's it, it's the best director proof of concept movie ever. Or Christopher it, Nolan was like, hey, man, this is the kind of shit I'm going to do. So watch the fuck out. That is one of those movies that feels very much like a this is my first movie kind of a movie. Mm-hmm. You know like what I mean? Brick. Just like, like brick, brick, very much like where brick, it's yes. like you're just he's just throwing his hat over the wall and be like, you know what? I know this is ridiculous, but if I can't do this, I can't do anything else. Right. And that and that's very much I mine is the prestige. I love the prestige. Oh, that's a good one, too. I think that movie is so fucking perfect. I I didn't see I that last. It. Not the one that's coming out now with um uh, 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 fucking Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. But yeah, I'm I'm the one that came out before that. I haven't seen that one yet. The one with isn't Idris Elba in that other one I'm thinking of. Uh, What was his last one? Looking it up. Right. Tenant. That's the Tenet. one I didn't see. Tenet. I oh, no, that's Tenet. John David Washington. That's Denzel's son. Oh, why Tenet did I think it was? Fucking rules. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a racist, you guys, I swear. <laughs> why did I think that that was Idris Elba? I was going to say, was he be- in something else there? Because you're racist. No, He's I don't. Racist. Yeah, that's right. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, um, no, it's, it's good though. Like Tenet fucking rules. Um, I need to see and, that. Yeah. Uh, it tenant is and i think i've said this on this podcast before tenant is a christopher nolan movie with the training wheels taken off mm-hmm. like it it's it's one of those where like you know inception like he's spoon feeding you concepts the whole time that's why joseph gordon levitt is in that movie mm-hmm. because he needs someone to spoon feed you the, concepts surrogate, the whole time yeah, yeah for sure well no that's why elliot page is in that movie but jogo is the guy like telling you the premise and like setting everything yeah. up um yeah. Like he's the guy helping the audience surrogate and thus the audience understand what the fuck is going on. Uh, that character does not exist in Tenet. Like there's a scene yep. with a character like that. And then that character quickly goes away in the rest of the movie. You're just left on your own. And it kind of rules for that reason. It's like, you I'll have to be watching Tenet. I own it on, I own it on uh, 4k Steelbook, So that's nice. a thing. That, I, that's a thing that I did. I'm going to see where it's streaming. Cause I, I keep, I just keep forgetting about it. It's all it is. Mm. Ever since it came out, I'm like, Ooh, I'm gonna watch that. And like a bunch of other shit comes out and I completely forget about it. And then it comes up again. Ooh, I'm going to watch it. Then a bunch of other shit comes out and I completely forget about it. It was a Warner brothers movie. So I would be very surprised if it was not on HBO max. Uh, it's in theaters right now. Apparently. What? They must be doing a re-release. Well, you know, like uh, Fathom does all those re-releases of shit. They had uh, fucking uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was out last week for a couple days. Like, since it's oh, all okay. digital now, they can put literally anything out at any time that they want to because they don't have to fuck with sending, like, five canisters of film halfway across the country anymore. Right, which, I mean, which feels 
rotten because Christopher Nolan is one of the last people dying on the film is forever uh, bandwagons. Yep. Like I, I saw a clip on TikTok this week of the uh, the final uh, film reel for for IMAX for Oppenheimer, and it's like the size of a car. <laughs> it's so Ali. fucking huge. Jeez Louise. That's exciting, though. I'd say, I'd say my honorable mention for best Christopher Nolan would be Insomnia. Insomnia is, I think, maybe his most underrated movie. Like, that's the think, one. I that think, and The Following I, are the two that people forget. But Insomnia mm-hmm. is, I saw that one in theaters by myself, and I had a blast. My dad and my they sister went and saw VHS. something else, and I went and saw Insomnia and just had a fun yeah. time. And that's not that just because those three are my favorite, and they happen to be his first three feature-length films doesn't mean that I don't appreciate his latter work. I think everything that he's ever done is absolutely brilliant. It's just those three are the ones that that really mm, because that when when you saw those, you felt like you were discovering Christopher Nolan because yeah. no one knew him yet because he hasn't directed a Batman yet. And then he directs yeah. a Batman movie and everyone fucking knows who he is and everyone can't get off his jock. And but those first three feel like if you knew him who he was then, like you feel like you're a part of a club, you know? Mm-hmm. I saw with uh, following, I think I saw that two years after it came out. I bought the VHS, but those other two I saw when they came out. I saw Memento at the Artsy Fartsy Theater, and I saw Insomnia at the Regular Ass Theater. I saw um, I saw Memento on DVD Spring Break my freshman year of college. So like shortly after it came out, a buddy of mine was, was it like, the one that looked like a case file where you flipped it up. And no, that's the one that I owned. That's the one that I had used the paper have. clips. It had little yeah. paper clips in it. Yeah. I think I it was just, one. I think it was the first release, just the first run. This is, we rented it from the video store. So I don't know. I don't think I have it anymore. I, that's the one I loaned out, man. I don't, I, well, I time to I buy the 4k. Back. All right. Keep must, talking, Steven. I got to buy the 4k right now. Have fun. Um, and then after that, I was like, okay, Christopher Nolan. Yes. And then someone was like, he's doing Batman. I was like, that's going to be cool. And then it was. Oh, yeah. I was very excited to hear that when he was announced. Because Aronofsky was supposed to do it. And then Mm -hmm. I would have been interested to see that I was either of them. I'm there. Doesn't matter. Uh, And uh, we know this is why you tuned into our My Little Pony episode to hear us talk about the films of Christopher Nolan. (laughs) My Little Pony. My Little Pony. Fun drinking game. Go back and re-listen to this episode from the beginning. You just do a shot every time one of us sings anything about My Little Pony. Um, well, there's no 4K of Memento. Damn it. Damn it. You know what? Speaking of 4Ks, my um, 1989 Dr. Caligari uh, Blu-ray, not the 4K because I missed that boat, um, but the Blu-ray was shipped yesterday. And the reason I mention that is because this stupid ass movie that nobody gives a fuck about except for me and like 12 other people mm-hmm. got a 4K release. Can I get a Memento 4K? For the love of everything no. holy. This Honestly, shit movie that made $5 that three people care about has a 4K. Memento doesn't have Where's my Memento 4K? Everybody loves that movie. They're probably waiting for an anniversary so they can bilk you out of as much money as possible. They're waiting for me to put my foot up their ass. I need that Memento 4K, man. Come on. Give me the goods. Um, I don't know. What else do we have to say about... Uh, I will I will say Nothing. that oh. there's a dragon in this movie for some reason. And it is, voiced, it is voiced by Charlie Adler, who is the voice of Buster Bunny, doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> the exact same voice that he does for Buster Bunny. 
and that it was bugged, wonderful. I love it. Was that. bugging me for half the movie, so no, I looked up. I'm like, wonderful. who is voicing Spike? And I was like, that's where I. It, that is he is fucking Buster Bunny. That is a Buster Beautiful. Bunny from Tiny Toon Adventures. That is that is what that is. Uh, and of course, I was a big Looney Tunes and Tiny Toon Adventures oh. kid growing up. So uh, they're bringing back Tiny Toons. Mm, I don't know. How I feel I don't know the that. Animaniacs revival was okay. Yeah, it was. It was I agree. It I was agree. fine. I agree. It was so fine. hopefully, because I, uh, I was a big fan of uh, Tiny Toons when I was a kid, and it still holds up. BT Dubs. Okay. Um, Good to know. So I'm excited. So the 10th anniversary of Memento was 2011. So closest we're going to get is a 25th in 2026. So three years. I expect years. a 4K within the next three years. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get it, I'm going to riot. You heard it here first, folks. I'm still waiting for that Scream 4 4K um steelbook release can we get two three and four in 4k at all please two is on 4k i own it it's on my bookshelf it It is three and four sure aren't no they're not how do you (laughs) you have a franchise and you only do some of them in 4k like what's your fucking problem i gotta have the whole thing in 4k they wait for the anniversaries man i'm telling you that is a hundred percent what they do they wait for the anniversaries and then speaking of didn't you tell me that you had two scream five 4ks and then you'd give me one yeah, you want one? Yeah, I'm going to text you my address right now so we don't forget. All right, sounds good. Do the numbers, Steven. All right, yeah, let's do them. Um, this <laughs> yeah. movie, My Little Pony, colon, the movie, releases June 6, 1986. It opens at number 10 to $416,000. Um, not, not, a, not, a, not a great uh, opening. And uh, it makes domestically just shy of $6 million. Uh, So not really a great grocer at all. In fact, it is not just a financial bomb. It is also a critical bomb, which we'll get into here in a second. Um, And and you know, when I read that, I don't mean to cut you off, but when I read mm -hmm. that, uh, I was like, and the critics liked the transform. Remember how last week the critics were like, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is fine. Fucking three stars. And on this, which is a movie that's barely a fit, it's barely there. It's fine, whatever. Who cares? They're like, "Oh, this sucks." Ugh. Fuck well, you. I think it's because <laughs> of that. Like because it. I mean, the Transformers movie is at least trying to like go for an older audience. This is oh, not. Man. This un- unabashedly, unapologetically going for the kid audience. And um, critics famously are stupid and hate movies. I don't know how they get their jobs. Honestly. They, they look, they know more about movies than you or I ever will. So I disagree. I know more than all of them combined. Okay. Well then and if they you, can kiss if, my whole asshole. Roger if, Ebert, come back from the dead and kiss my ass. All right. If, if you did know more about them, you would have their job is all I'm saying. I do like Leonard Malton though, because even though I disagree with him, he's a good spirited dude and I love him. He's I mean, he boy. was, he was in gremlins to the new batch uh, because be, he hated the first one. Because and that's, he well, hated that's gremlins. man. Right. Per- if he can take a joke and he can be like, yes, I hated this, but you're a good person and I will work with you. Yeah. Like, yeah, fucking A, go Leonard Bolton. What, you mean the gremlins will actually, like, tie me up and attack me for hating the first movie? Sure, <laughs> why not? Yes. I used to rent his yearly books from the library. Oh, God, yeah. And they <laughs> they would come out every uh, – we had so many of them every when I worked year. at Barnes & Noble because they did not sell. Um, that number Video one. Hound. Video number Hound one this week, one. up from number two the week before uh, – if in four weeks it has grossed $43 million on its way to a much larger payday, it is in this in its fourth weekend makes more money 
than My Little Pony makes in its entire run. Uh, it's the Tony, it. the Tony Scott film Top Gun. Yay! Everybody loves that movie. I don't care. Top Gun's good. Um, in yeah, second great. place, Raw Deal. Um, what if there was a Raw Deal? What the fuck is that? What if um, the deal was raw? Uh, what if you rubbed um, a deal raw? Like it's it's an it's an Arnold movie. Um, oh, sounds it, like you got a raw deal on that one. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I don't, uh, no. Oh. Um, in third place, your boy. It. <laughs> it's, it's it's your boy Sly. It's Cobra, and it's third weekend. Uh, that one that one sucks, but like it's fun because of how bad it is. I've heard I've heard a lot of people like that one. I've not seen it, but I so I can't. They really like say. it because it sucks. They just don't realize that. That was the movie for which uh, the song "The Touch" from Transformers the movie was actually written. Was was for Sylvester Stallone's Cobra. Epic poster, BT Dubs. Love the Cobra poster. Oh, the that, Cobra that poster is the, fucking rules. That is the peak and the epitome of '80s action movie posters, right there. Correct. Absolutely. All he needs correct. is a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and it'd be perfect. In fourth place, Poltergeist 2, colon, The Other Side. In fifth place, Short Circuit. Yeah! Input! <laughs> no disassemble. Um, in in sixth place, New This I Week, you got movies. Space Camp. Um, in seventh place, Invaders from Mars. Eighth place, Sweet Liberty. In ninth place, Jojo Dancer, Your Life is Calling. And in 10th place, the movie we talked about this week, well, kind of, My Little Pony, the movie. My Little Pony. My Little Pony. I feel like my voice just, I just keep forcing it to get deeper. Um, but yeah, earns, I'm into it. earns $5.958 million at the box office. So right around $6 million, just shy of $6 million at the box office. Uh, there is no tomatometer score for this movie. There are only three critics reviews that exist on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie. Uh, and uh, they're bad. Uh, no, none of them like it. Uh, one out of five, 1.5 out of five uh, from the LA Times and uh, New York Times um, critics, respectively. Uh, the audience score, however, is 72%. So the audience loves this movie. Uh, I wonder if they've reseen it recently or if that's just nostalgia talking, but. From the reviews that I've seen on, because I did look through some of the reviews on IMDb and on Letterboxd, and it seems like it's it's just fine. Like, it doesn't hold up as well as it should. It's not as good as it was when someone was a child, but the fact that they're still into it and they're nostalgic for it, it doesn't suck. Right. Um, which, you know, I mean, like what you like, that's fine. I d doesn't mean I have to like it, but, you know, I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, the meta score on this one is a 39 based on generally unfavorable reviews from 13 critics and the letterbox score is a 2.9 Tucker out of five stars. How are you rating my little pony? The movie I'm going to give this two stars. I'm going to give it one. Cause I just, man, I did not like it at all. I can take like, that. I couldn't, I could barely understand what half the characters were saying. Um, I mean, I had the same problems with Transformers, except Transformers had Orson Welles in it. Like, really, I would say this is as bad as Transformers. It's just, it doesn't have Orson Welles. If, so. For me, it gets it gets one star for being a kid's movie that I can ignore. Sure. And it gets another star for having villains that are just bad because they're that's who they are. They don't have like a motivation. They don't mm -hmm. have like an origin where somebody fucked them real bad or something. 
No, I mean they're just they're just evil people. But like they're, they're good evil, evil because people. they are. Because like, that's that's their that's who they are. Because like, they're because they're short, fat, tall, skinny. Basically, generally they're ugly. Yeah. And but but then evil. to counteract the whole evil is ugly, we've got the Grundles who are ugly but good. So that's true. To kind of that's counteract true. counterbalance those scales, but I appreciate a, a black and white good versus evil in a kids movie like this. I mean, that's kind of the norm. Like nowadays, and you're they're a, lovable. They're lovable. You're a lot more likely to see the shades of gray. But like the classic Hollywood, um, the classic Hollywood good versus evil, it was being pitched to everybody. Like, and I mean, there's the there's a binary. It's it's the good bad binary, and life obviously exists in shades of gray, but. Some people like that in their fiction and, and go for, I prefer my fiction a little more realistic, but Hey, that's me. So I'm not going to begrudge anyone their love of this movie. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one star for me. It's two for you. So it's averages out to about one and a half for the podcast. Uh, and I'm going to log that on letterboxd right now. So if you're not following us on the social medias, guys, you should be, uh, we are at disenfranch pod on, uh, Instagram, Twitter, letterboxd, Facebook, and YouTube at disenfranch pod on all of those if you're not following us are you really a fan of the show no i'm gonna say you're probably not i submit no you can shoot us an email disenfranchpod at gmail.com let us know what you think uh what you want to hear from us um if you just want to say hey uh introduce yourself uh just drop us a line over there we'd love to hear from you uh, and hey, uh, while you're out on the internet, swing by Apple Podcasts, swing by Spotify, give us a nice juicy five-star rating and review. I've not asked for that in the last several weeks, and uh, you guys haven't been doing it, so get on it. Um, <laughs> we would sure appreciate that. That goes a long way to helping us find uh, more listeners like yourselves. Um, don't just stop at the rating. Leave the review, too. The review helps also, and we we really do appreciate uh, every one of those. Um, if if I, in case I haven't mentioned it enough, you can also follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash disenfranchpod, where we've got like a, about seven weeks worth of what are we watching segments where we talk about what we've been watching, plus a ton of other shows, Oops All Christianity Corner, Oops All Video Game Corner, whatever Tucker's new show is getting, getting ready to be. Um, we've got... Disenfranchised, unenfranchised. Disenfranchised, disenfranchised at the movies where we talk about recently released movies and we trailers. reviews we talk about trailers you guys have done a couple commentaries yeah there's so much content on the patreon like honestly we could take the rest of the year off and not do anything for the patreon and someone who's new would not even notice right obviously we're not going to do that because we, we're not going to do that got, we got the existing we got the existing customers to think about but um yes, yes. i'm just but saying, no as we, an example absolutely appreciate every one of our patrons and and everything that they do for us and uh we would love for you to become one so much in fact that we are currently offering our patreon a uh a free trial for our patreon for seven days you can uh swing on over patreon.com slash disenfranch pod and give us a try for seven days you get to peek behind the paywall and see everything that we have to offer so uh get your booties over there and make it happen uh you will be glad you did uh, I'm your host, Stephen Foxworth. You can find me on Instagram, Letterboxd, and Twitter, I guess, at I guess. Chewy Walrus. Um, Tucker, where can we find you these days? Uh, I'm still on YouTube, uh, Ice909, I-C-E-N-I-N-E, the number zero and the number nine. 
Uh, also, I got the my Instagram that Steven uh, manages for me uh, because I I don't like to interact with social media. Um, so thank you, Steven, for facilitating uh, that creative outlet for me. We do what um, we gotta do. You know what? I wrote up a big, probably the best post for that Instagram page. Wrote it up this morning, and I swiped away from what I was writing it on because I couldn't remember how to spell Jekyll. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I fucking know how to spell it now. But when I came back, everything it was, was all gone. gone. I hate that. So I, I'm probably tomorrow if I get some time or later tonight, I'll, I'll go back and do that because it is an epic yarn. It's actually what I'm gonna call mugs from the past mm. because this mug does not exist anymore but i do have a really good photo of it and a damn good story behind it hell yeah i can't wait for that one so i look forward to that uh but, but that is at, at tuck tuck mugs on tuck, tuck underscore mugs. mugs on insta slam insta scam insta ham insta flim flam mm, uh, <laughs> insta ham i wish my ham were insta i would love ham right now right or just pictures of ham that would be fine too no, I want I want actual hand. No, okay. And speaking of the tuck mugs, uh, we did have Brett come and do a, a guest mug on there. He showed off his Umbrella Corporation mug that was lots of fun. He had a really good story behind that. Uh, Steven, I think, has one, uh, or he had one, should I say? <laughs> I, I look. I've got. <laughs> I drink a lot of coffee. I've got plenty of mugs. I will. Yes. Find one. And you know what? That extends out to anybody that's part of our listening audience too. If you go and follow Tuck underscore Mugs on the the Instagram, um, you can email us disenfranchpod at gmail dot com with the photos of your mug and a fun little story about the mug and whatever the hell is in the mug. I mean, if you if you if you've been on the page, you know the format. Follow the format. Send us to it. Send it to us. We will imply. We will assume that that means you give us permission to put it on the site, and we'll throw it up there, man. It'll be a good time. We'll credit Absolutely. you if you're on Instagram. We'll we'll tag you. Whatever, leave your Instagram. Man. Leave your Instagram handle as well, please, and thank you. Because I've got a lot of mugs, but I mean, a lot of mugs is going to end at some point anyway. So I need some guest mugs, man, to fill fill in those gaps, fill the void. You know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, send your boy, send your boy some mugs because I'm a mug enthusiast. And that's that's it. It's not just that he's got mugs he wants to show off is he legitimately likes mugs. I love mugs. You know what I love about mugs is you can collect them and it's practical. Mm -hmm. People, no offense, Stephen, but people who like like collect collectibles or like, for example, even have to get like steel books and stuff, which is that's that's a little different because like I buy movies, so I get that. Um, but we are not the same. But you know, it, it's it's not something where you're buying something that you that you don't need that you know is possibly going to sit on your shelf and be useless. And since it's made of plastic, won't biodegrade for the next forty thousand years. Um, as cute as they are, Stephen, look at that. I'm just showing off all my little pops now. All my little gremlins collectibles from my. But see, with mugs, you can here. collect mugs, but you could you're gonna drink some shit out some mugs. You're you never not gonna use a mug. I know exactly. what I'm gonna show it to you, and I do not want you to comment. But I know exactly what mug I'm gonna feature for my first guest mug. Oh, that's. I'm gonna see the back. What's it on the bottom? 
just a base or yeah. oh it's the i see what it is i see what it is never you see mind what it is yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah yeah i'm excited about that you guys get get hyped about steven's guest mug because it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a wild one it will it's gonna be great i've not actually consumed any beverages out of that so i might have to well, pour you're gonna have to that day just for that day you damn means, near got to steven means i gotta wash it first but yeah yes you do because <laughs> it's for unless display you wanna, purposes unless you want right to drink drink some gnats and some dust dude mm, yum yum protein, <laughs> protein is what those gnats are <laughs> yes sir and speaking of Brett and his guest mug, uh, you can follow Brett on Instagram and letterboxd at sus underscore warlock. And that, I said warlock really weird there, didn't I? I don't Ow, think so. It doesn't fucking matter. It's fine. Whatever. Um, that's that's all, man. We don't, we didn't really have a lot to say about this movie. I'm sorry to say. Sorry mm. to the My Little, sorry to the bronies uh, and the other My Little Pony enthusiasts. Yeah. Um, if, if we let you down, I apologize. Um, I met a dude who was a, a big brony. I, I had a, a t so my favorite piece of my little pony ephemera is the robot chicken apocalypse pony sketch that I sent you guys in the chat yeah, earlier yeah. this I week. Was, I didn't watch it, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. It's, it's great. I had a t-shirt with the four little ponies of the apocalypse on it, but they were drawn in like the original my little pony style. Oh, nice. Um, and I wore it to a play that I was in once and I was like talking to the cast after cause I knew a couple people and I didn't know this guy from Adam and he stops me and goes, Oh my God, I, I love, I'm a huge brony. And I was just like, Oh, what have I done? <laughs> like I just, I had to, I felt like I, I felt like I took a huge step back. I don't think I actually did, but I was just kind of like, ah, Steven, like just, he wants to have sex with those teenage ponies. Oh, that's so I'm rough. just saying. That's, that's pedophilia and bestiality. It's look, like what pick a lane. Pick a lane, man. If you are <laughs> if you are a man who is a fan of my little pony, friendship is magic, fine. If you want to have sex with those ponies, reevaluate well, some things. And like I said, I I have nieces, so I've seen I don't this stuff, and it's a clever show. I don't like, want to kink shame, but like it's a fun I do. Don't don't fuck ponies. No. There, you know what? There's kink shaming and there's being reasonable, Stephen. <laughs> Don't fuck ponies. Kink shame Real my or ass. animated. Do not fuck a pony, please. If you feel like you want to fuck a pony, that is mental illness, and I feel for you. Go get some help. I this love has you. Been a, Go get is, some help. This has been a paid public service announcement from Tucker. It's not um, your fault. Go get some help. I love you. And that is all we have for today. So until next time, I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy. This has been the Disenfranchised Podcast for my co-host Tucker and the absent Brett Wright. Until next time. My little pony. My little pony.